Well, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to invite you today to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And uh, when you find your place there in Psalm 23, we're going to look at verse 6. Of course, we all know this psalm quoted quite often. But we'll look at verse number 6. Psalm 23. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I want to look at that verse and look at the part where it's talking about surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I want to just bring a message this morning simply titled, A Glimpse of God's Mercy. A Glimpse of God's Mercy. won't be able to say everything about it today because when you talk about God's mercy, there's so much that could be said. So we won't be able to say everything. But we just want to highlight some things and just get a little glimpse and maybe how it applies in our life and our day-to-day Activities And let's pray. Father, we thank you for this privilege that's ours to gather in your house today. We thank you for these that have come our way. Lord, we recognize there's some that cannot be here today because of illness and, and afflictions they're facing. And God, we ask you to be with those in a special, special way. Lord, as we've taken this time now to focus our hearts and minds on the Word of God, we pray, Lord, that the message today will uplift us, encourage us, and yet even challenge us, Lord, to be better servants for you. And we do pray, if there be one here that does not know you, as their Lord and Savior, Lord, by conviction of the Holy Ghost of God, Lord, may they come to you by faith and repentance and call upon you. We thank you for this opportunity and freedom that we have, Lord, to worship you today in spirit and in truth. Forgive us where we fail thee, for we ask these blessings in Christ's name. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, if you'll notice with me that word, surely... That means something that we can be assured of. It's a confident thing. There's an assurance there that this is this is for certain. And what is for certain is something that we can be assured of, that there's some goodness and mercy that's following behind us. You know, you ever go through difficult patches of life? You ever go through hard situations where it's a physical problem maybe, or, or maybe a financial problem or something you're going through, and it's just a hard time. You can be assured of as a Christian that though you're going through a hard patch, right behind you, there's some goodness and mercy following right along. And so, you know, those those things, you got to go through them, but there's some goodness and mercy. They are a surety in the life of a child of God. Now, if we was all be honest with us today, we'd have to admit that God has always been good and he's always been merciful to us. And he God, he cannot change. The scripture says that he cannot lie. Uh, He's always going to be the same. He said, I change not. So his mercy, his goodness is going to follow us and going to be with us. And we all, listen, just the fact that we are able to be in God's house today is evidence of God's mercy in our life. Now, uh, mercy is the opposite of justice. If we got injustice, we'd be in hell with our back broke this morning. But because of the mercy of God, we're able to be here as his children and to worship him in his house. Now, I want you to think about this. Now, Psalm 23 
the, the Psalm of Peace, if you will, talks about the Lord is my shepherd. You go through there and read all those. You've got to remember that when David wrote that psalm, at that point in his life, he did not understand or experience the greatest of the failures he was going to. He didn't go through those patches of hard times yet. He did not understand the greatness of God's tender mercies at that particular time. But yet he's going to pen that sweet psalm of Israel. Uh, he's going, as he sat on a hillside uh, uh, watching over the flock, he writes of the mercy of God, not yet to understand fully what he's going to go through later in his life. Isn't that amazing? He writes about the goodness and mercy of God uh, before he fully even understands what it's going to be and mean to him. Uh, when you read Lamentations, Jeremiah the prophet, uh, he mentions that God has been merciful to each of us. And let's be honest this morning. I don't know about you, but but when we look at ourselves, I can tell you, I, when you look at this pulpit, what you see this morning is a hell-deserving preacher without any false humility, uh, without any certainty of uh, bragging on any kind of past sinful life. I often say many times, I don't understand why God will love somebody like me, but I'm glad he did. I think of that verse that, that uh, in the New Testament says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? Think about that. Uh, what, what are we that God would even think about us to love us in such a way that he would be willing to, to send his son down the cross for my sin? That's mercy. Mercy. What is man? We get to experience God's mercy. Uh, just, just from what we've already heard this morning about the mercy of God, that gives us enough to praise Him for all eternity. Uh, you didn't get justice this morning. Uh, you are sitting in the mercy of God. We ought to be able to praise Him for all eternity because of the mercy that He's given in our lives. No wonder the psalmist would say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That is mercy. Uh, the word mercy, when you start studying through the Bible, is found 276 times over the course of 261 verses. That's, that's mercy. Uh, it's the, the, the plural term mercies is found 44 times out of 44 verses. Uh, when you look at the word merciful, it's found 40 times out of 36 verses. Uh, th that's a lot that we can look at, but we're not going to look at all of those this morning. Uh, we're going to categorize some things and condense some things. And I've got just a few areas that I want to show us just a glimpse of God's mercy. With all that being said, I'm going to give you the first thing that we find this morning and the glimpse of God's mercy. Let me say this. The Lord is merciful in his salvation. The Lord is merciful in his salvation. In 1 Peter chapter number 1, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3, the scripture says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I want you to notice the Lord is merciful in his salvation. What we see here in this verse, notice it's talking about the abundant mercy. That abundance of God's mercy that's been on display in our life uh, through what Christ did for us. And notice not only the death on the cross, but the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What happens? What are you talking about? Well, he saw our sinfulness 
and still sent the Savior. Uh, we have to understand the fact today that Jesus didn't just die for those who were going to sit on a church pew and praise Him one day. He died for those that were going to cuss Him, deny Him, even the ones that nailed Him to the cross in the very act of the crucifixion. Jesus said this, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You know what that is? That's mercy, dear friend. Mercy. The Lord is merciful in His salvation. You and I, we deserve hell. And yet God sent His only begotten Son to die for us that we might go to heaven one day. Why? Mercy. Mercy. He saved us from a life of sinfulness and He saved us from a devil hell. Why? Mercy. Mercy. Uh, I, I want you to know this morning, He's worthy to be praised because of His mercy that's in salvation. And there's a lot of people today, they've never experienced the grace of God and they don't understand the mercy of God. I mentioned in the devotion this morning about faith. Yes, it's by faith that we are saved. There's a lot of people, they have faith today, but they have their faith in the wrong object. You can take 100% of your faith and put it in the wrong place and you'll die and go to hell, dear friend. But if you've got enough faith to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, if you put your faith in, object, in, in the object of the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved by the grace of God, for by grace are we saved through faith. And the fact that God has dealt to every man a measure of faith is an example of His mercy in our life. Every one of us here today, God has dealt to every one of us a measure of faith. And it's up to you what you do with the faith. Put it in the right place. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He saved us from a life of sinfulness. He saved us from a devil's hell. He saved us because He loved us and had mercy on us. Listen, He saw not only the kind of sinner I was before I got saved and He loved me, He saw the sorry Christian I was going to be after I got saved and He still loved me. He still sent His Son. That is mercy, dear friend. The Lord is merciful in His salvation. And I'm so glad about that. The Lord's mercy. We could talk on and on and on about that mercy and salvation. I like the fact that God's grace is sufficient in all things. I like the fact that God's grace is on display right even right now for every one of us here today. I like the fact that God's grace, something that I can't, is God's riches at Christ's expense, something I can't afford, something I could never earn. I didn't have to be good to get it, dear friend. But He had mercy and His grace was displayed in my life. Let me give you another one this morning, talking about a glimpse, a glimpse of God's mercy. Not only is the Lord merciful in His salvation, but He's also merciful in His provision. He's merciful in His provision. In Psalm 78, in Psalm 78, verse 72, Psalm 78, verse 72, Scripture says this, So He fed them according to the integrity of His heart and guided them by the skillfulness of His hands. Think about that for a moment. He fed them according to the integrity of his heart and he guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. God has been good to me in times when I have not been good to him. That's his nature. He's a good God. God has taken care of us when we had no thought for him. God has blessed us when we had no concern for him. 
You can think back on your life right now. I can think back on my life. Not that we never had hard times. Not that we never went through things. But I can tell you this. God has always taken care of His people. God has always met the needs of His people. And it doesn't mean that you'll eat uh, steak and potato every night. But bless God, you might eat some vanilla sausage and crackers. That's not a bad thing uh, every once in a while. Uh, Bologna sandwiches. uh, That's not a bad thing. Uh, God always makes sure that our needs are met. We just have to distinguish between needs and wants. But He's always taking care of His children. He's merciful in His provision. Uh, He made sure that His people were fed. He made sure that they were taken care of by the skillfulness of His hand. Listen, He'll never, never let you down. You say, well, preacher, I've been through some things and I didn't know where God was. But that don't mean He ever let you down. Uh, There are sometimes there's a path that we go on that maybe God said, hey, don't go down that path. But yet we chose to go down that path. And then we wonder where God is. And God said, hey, I'm right here. You're the one that went off the path. We've got to understand that He's merciful in all of His ways. Uh, There may be times where you don't know if the bills are going to get paid. God is still merciful. There might be times when you don't know where the next meal is going to come from. I want you to know, God is still merciful. And when there's a great need, He's still a great God to take care of that need. That is His mercy to His children. The Lord is merciful in His provision. Study the Bible. Read through there how He took care of His people. Over and over and over. And it wasn't always because they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. Yet he took care of them because they were his people. And he loves us, dear friend, regardless of how much we love him back. He loves us regardless of how much we do for him in our service. He loves us regardless of that. That's his mercy. He's merciful in his provision. Do you have a great need today? Is there something in your life that there's just a great need and you need God? I'm going to tell you, He's that great God that can take care of that great need. Sometimes we exhaust all efforts but God. There's nothing wrong with going to the doctor. There's nothing wrong with doing what the doctor says. Do that. But include God in that equation as well. Because He can do far above what the doctors can do. The Lord is merciful in His provision. Let me give you another one this morning. We're talking about a glimpse of God's mercy The Lord is also merciful in His protection. He's merciful in His protection. In Psalm 4, Psalm 4, verse number 8, Scripture says this, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for Thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Now think about that for a moment. He said, I'm going to lay my head down and in peace and go to sleep because I know where my safety is. I know where my protection is. And said, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. The greatest security alarm you'll ever have is the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the greatest, uh, when we think about security and, and, and all of this, for national security, the greatest national security we could ever have is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, when we when we start returning to the Lord and start putting emphasis back on where it needs, we can understand that safety is of the Lord. The horses are prepared to battle, but safety is of the Lord. That doesn't mean that we don't take precautions. That doesn't mean that we don't uh, exhaust the efforts to try to be safe. But we've got to understand that true peace and safety and protection comes from God Almighty. And the safest place a person could ever be is in the middle of God's will. No matter where that would be. 
when people surrender and go to the mission field, and, and I know that's probably a difficult thing in, in today's society, but going overseas and going into a foreign country. Listen, if God called somebody to go right in the middle of Baghdad, Iraq, if God called a person to go there, that's where they need to be. And that's the safest place for them to be is in the middle of God's will. Why? Because that's where His protection is. We understand when we walk with the Lord and we talk with Him and we follow His plan, we are in the mercy of His protection. Now, let's clarify. That doesn't mean that things won't happen. But it means that God has you where He wants you to be. And that's where He can give you the most benefit is in the middle of His will under His watchful care. I will lay me both down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. I'm glad for the safety of the Lord. Listen, you may get a bad report from the doctor, but you can still lay your head on your pillow at night and go to sleep because you've got the peace of God that passeth all understanding. You've got something inside of you that the doctors can't explain. You've got something inside of you that this world don't understand. And that is safety and peace that comes from God Almighty. Amen. And bless God, if it's your time to go, I know the Bible says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. And when it's your time to cross that river to get to the other side, you're not going to go by yourself, dear friend. God's not going to send an angel to come get you. I believe with all my heart, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself is going to grab you by the hand and escort you to the other side. He's merciful. He didn't bring us that far to leave us there. He's going to get you to the other side. There's people that's gotten bad reports from the doctor. There's people that, that don't know what the outcome's going to be. There's people that are walking each day by the mercy and grace of the Lord. I want you to know that He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's going to be with you every step of the way. He didn't bring you that far to drop you off there. No, He's going to finish the journey. He's going to get you to the other side. He's merciful in His provisions. He's merciful in His protection. He's merciful... In his salvation. When I think about eternity. When I think about praising God. When I think about just blessing his name for all he's done. Listen, if we start taking a tally right now of all the goodness of God in our life. Uh, we could praise him from now on out till Jesus comes. But just think when we step on the other side. And our faith becomes sight. And everything that we had read about. Everything that we knew in our heart to be true. When it becomes reality to us. Can you imagine the praising that's going to go on in heaven for all eternity. Uh, for 10,000 years and a million years we could praise him and we'll still never get tired of praising the Lord Jesus Christ for what He's done for us. That's wonderful. Because the Lord is merciful. He's merciful to us. He's merciful in His protection. Only Thou, O Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Seems like the world I was going to say has gone crazy, but it's, it's, it's crazy. People leaning out of their cars and shooting at people down the interstates and and carjackings and and nowadays you, you just just coming out of a store you don't know if you're gonna make it to your car or not and that kind of stuff especially in the bigger cities and things can happen here in our little town too as well and I, I understand that but I, I want to know that that God doesn't want us to be a fearful people when we read this verse and understand it I mean listen be take safety precautions be aware of things. I'll tell you, but when we know that God is with us and walking with us every step of the way, that ought to give us some kind of assurance that, that we're safe, that, that we're okay, that God is with us. The Lord is merciful in His protection. Let me give you another one this morning. 
And if you're not saved today, I really I want you to hear this scripture. Now, this scripture is actually written for Christian people. Definitely can make an application to a sinner, a lost person. But I want you to know the Lord is merciful in His forgiveness. The Lord is merciful in His forgiveness. And I'm going to make two applications here. But in 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9, it's a verse that I refer to often because I have to. I have to. But it says this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sin, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As we look at this, I want you to think about the fact that God, He's merciful in His forgiveness. Now there's a forgiveness that's offered and then there's a forgiveness to be applied. You see, forgiveness is offered to everyone. Scripture tells us that whosoever will, let him come and drink the water of life freely. That's an invitation for salvation to all people. You understand what I'm saying? Red, yellow, black, or white, doesn't matter. Rich or poor, doesn't matter your social status. There's a, there's a forgiveness that's offered for all mankind. And God has extended that offer. That, that is a, a merciful offer of forgiveness to all people. But I want to as Christians, there's also a forgiveness that's offered. And notice this would be, as the Apostle John writes this to the Christian people, that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you know what that means? It means as a Christian. Let me ask you, every day do you walk with the Lord as you should? No. No. Uh, every day do I witness like I should? No. Every day do I say things the, the, the way I should say them? No. But what I understand is when I fail the Lord, and no matter how terribly that I fail Him, there's a forgiveness that's offered for that. Now, He's already offered that forgiveness. But you see the condition of this forgiveness? If we confess our sins. Now, there's a lot of people, and they're saved, and they're Christians, and this, they, they, they ask Christ to save them, and He offered that, that redemption and that forgiveness. But then, as a Christian, as we go forward, there's still a forgiveness that needs to be applied. And that's this offer right here, that when I fail Him, and when I don't walk with Him like I should, and when I have hadn't acted like I should as a Christian, there's a forgiveness that He offers, but I've got to confess it to Him. If I want my relationship with God to be what it needs to be, then I've got to go to Him and confess it to Him so that He can forgive me and cleanse me from all of that unrighteousness. Now, there's too many Christians that are walking around with the dirt and muck of the world on them because they haven't asked for forgiveness for their life as a Christian. You see, God saves you as a sinner and forgives you of that sin of unbelief. But as a Christian, as we walk and talk with God and as we live our life, when we fail Him, there has to be some forgiveness received in our life on behalf of the Lord so that our relationship with Him can be what it needs to be. No matter how terribly that I may fail Him, He forgives. No matter how often I fail Him, He forgives. Uh, No matter how many times. Uh, Jesus said this. Uh, 70 times 7? Forgiveness? So, well, 70 times 7, that equals 490. I, I, I'm from Mississippi. That's how I, know, I do math. I'm from Mississippi. 490 times. So you count 490 times, and then when somebody offends you, 491, you don't forgive them no more, no? No, the principle there is that you do it so often that it becomes nature to forgive. And the Lord has extended that to us that no matter how many times we fail Him, He's always there to forgive us 
and to cleanse us so that our relationship with him can be what it needs to be. But we have to take that first step if we confess our sins. There's confession to the Lord God. And there is his faithfulness and mercy to forgive us. Maybe you're here today and you never experienced the forgiveness of God as a lost person. I can tell you this, as a lost person in a world today, most likely you're carrying around a very heavy burden on your shoulder. Most likely you're feeling a weight upon you. And it may be so heavy on your chest that sometimes it's hard to breathe. That's a burden. That's what it's called. And if God has convicted you, and maybe there's been times where you've recognized the fact, you know what, I need to get saved. I need to be forgiven. You know, the greatest forgiveness that you'll ever receive is the forgiveness of God. Because that is the forgiveness that's going to cleanse you. That's the forgiveness that's going to wash you from your sin. That's the forgiveness that's going to impute unto you the righteousness of Christ. That is what's going to allow you entrance into heaven. The forgiveness of God. The Bible is very clear that all of the, the goodness or righteousness that we could ever attain is nothing more in the sight of God is filthy rags. And the filthy rags is referring to in the Old Testament as when people had leprosy, there was a community pole that had his rag hanging down and, and, and a leper would go and, and that, that, that skin disease and the boils and, and all the, the, the oozing of the pus and the, and the infection that would come out of their arms. That, that, that community rag where the lepers and they would take that rag and, and just kind of clean their arms off with it. Can you imagine the nastiness and filthiness of that? That's what God says. Our righteousness is nothing more than filthy rags. And he's talking about the dirty rag of a leper. And the Bible leprosy is a picture of sin. We're nothing more than sinners. You need to be cleansed today. If you're going to make it to heaven, it's not going to be on your account. It's going to be the account of the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary. Can I tell you that the Lord is merciful in His forgiveness? That in so much that whosoever will come to Him, He will in no wise cast out. Preacher, are you asking me to join the church? Absolutely not. You can join every church in this county and the next county and the next county and you'll die and go to hell. Preacher, you asked me to get baptized today? Absolutely not. Same circumstance. You can get baptized in every baptistry. You can even get sprinkled. You'll die and go to hell. Preacher, are you asking me to put money in the offering plate? No. You can take everything you have and put it in the offering plate and die and go to hell. Preacher, are you asking me to take communion or the Lord's Supper? No. You can eat all the wafers and drink all the juice and die and go to hell. What are you asking me today? I'm asking you, do you recognize the fact that there's a forgiveness needed in your life and there's a forgiveness that's offered by God? And when you take who you are, a sinner, and recognize that fact and you ask Christ to come in your heart and save your soul, forgive you your sin, there's a forgiveness that is offered and applied and then it's received. And when you receive that forgiveness of sin, then your debt is paid in full. Now, that debt's already, it's already, cross of Calvary's already taking place. But that payment needs to be applied to your account. And if you die and go to hell, here's what's so sad. If you die and go to hell, you're going to do it with a ticket that already said paid in full. It just needed to be applied to your account. And you're the one responsible for that. Listen, if I could give you salvation, if it was as much as me just putting my hand on you and say, be saved, I'd do it. 
guess what? I can't do that. But you know what you can do? You can do what the Scripture says. In Romans chapter 10, read through there verses 9 through 13, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confessions made unto salvation. You go on out and read, you know what you're going to find? For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It didn't say they might be saved. It didn't say to get probation. It said if you called upon the Lord, you shall be saved. And I'm so glad it's a whosoever salvation. The Lord is merciful in His forgiveness. If you don't know Him today, His mercy has been displayed one more time in your life that you'd be able to sit on pew today and hear this message. Those of us who are saved, the Lord is merciful in forgiveness. Not only that He will save us, but He would also extend forgiveness when we fail Him as a Christian, that we can get cleansed and get back on the path and follow what God has for us today. Today's just a glimpse. It's just a glimpse of God's mercy. Have you experienced it in your life today? Have you experienced the goodness of God? It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And no matter what we go through in life, Psalm 23 and verse number 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Right behind me. No matter what I'm going through, right behind me, there's some goodness and mercy trailing right along. And you can be assured of that. Let's bow our heads if you would. We're going to prepare for a verse of invitation. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. No one's looking around. Maybe today God spoke to your heart in such a manner that you feel a need to respond to Him. He's a good God. He's a merciful God. And He wants you to experience salvation today. If you're here today and you say, Preacher, there may have been a time where I went through the process or I thought I was saved, and, but the Lord has revealed to me that I've never been saved. The Lord has made clear to me that I need that forgiveness applied to my heart. Preacher, I want you to pray for me. I need to be saved. Would you slip your hand? Let the preacher pray for you. I won't come to you. won't bother you. All I want to do is pray. Maybe you're here today and say, Preacher, I, I am saved and I have experienced that forgiveness for salvation. But, but as a Christian, I, I fail the Lord. And I know there's areas in my life that I need forgiveness from the Lord. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand and let the preacher pray for you? God bless you. God bless you. Yes. Hey, I see your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. God bless you. As we always say, and this is, all, this is how we do we're not making anybody come down the aisle and do business with God. That's between you and God. But if you have a need on your heart today, and you feel that you need to respond, there's no better day than today to make sure your heart's right with God. Father in heaven, we thank you. We praise you. Lord, we lift you up today. And Lord, for whatever the need might be here today, whether it's salvation or whether it's just a need to, to, to be a better Christian, Lord, we pray that that need would be met according to your will, and that you'd encourage us all, Lord, to be more thankful for the mercy of God in our lives. Bless this time of invitation, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. As we stand to our feet.